and just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really. People, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, thank you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Yo, yo, yo. This is our second recording of A Show 103. <laughs> I hope it I hope it doesn't go as well as the first. Uh, with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast, I'm Justin here with Meals. We had a really great intro that was amazing and really cool and had all the bells and whistles. And we talked about, you know, last week and the past seven days of wrestling. But, you know, Time just isn't on our side. I'm exhausted, Mills. It's been a very long week. Are you sure? All right. Well, you know what? You know what? I still listen. Listen. You know what? We'll cut the small talk. All right. Obviously, the small talk. The small might as well have just been a conversation between me and you that happened in the first 20 minutes. Okay. Sure. 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 I mean, you know, what we're going to do is, all right. So for this episode, this episode, episode 103 of the A Show, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Um, what we want to do, what we we're trying to do last time, but and, and we're gonna we're gonna do this time. Yeah. Um, this is because the last week in professional wrestling has been absolutely insane. It has been one of the most prominent. It has been the second and or third coming of a boom in professional wrestling. Just on the, from a media standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint, from everything, sort of all the lights that are shining so bright on this sport. And slash entertainment um, that we've talked about, but what we wanted to do, what we want to do this week, and and we'll still get to hot takes, and we'll still talk about the shows, and we'll still talk about all the other things like that. Um, what we want to do this week is kind of like recap our last seven days and kind of bring our experience of like the last seven days of what this like monster of professional wrestling has been for us specifically, especially considering Justin has firsthand information on a lot of different things. And it's not like, all right, so, you know, we aren't like leaking complete information, like, Oh, the backstage, like, uh, but we are definitely talking about our experiences just as well um, over the last seven days. And where I wanted to start out was um, last Tuesday, Last Tuesday, we recorded the A show um, at some point, and then we just let you guys behind the curtain a little bit. Um, last Tuesday was the first or first Tuesday recording the A show. This is the first time since the show has been switched. So, you know, I'm mentally preparing our right, Tuesday. I got nothing going on. All right. It's Tuesday. We're going to talk about just the Monday show. We got to make it entertaining, et cetera, et cetera. So we're having more uh problems than usual <laughs> on the show meals just had to hop out really quick uh but he was mentioning the fact that this is a new boom and on tuesday a lot of things changed or really he was <laughs> kind of setting up his day for uh to pretty much do the a show and i sprung this information on him that i was going to be going to orlando that that night uh, i found out on Friday, or really a week before that, uh, but but the Friday before last week, um, that I 
would be going to Orlando to help Wale out with a segment with the Street Profits on NXT. Um, of course, Wale is a, a big you know fan of WWE, obviously fan of this show, fan of wrestling, period. Oh, there goes Mills. Hello, Mills. I just decided to just tell the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Let, let's rock. And so, uh, you know, Wally and I are, are really close friends, and I'm super, super appreciative of the opportunity and to WWE for giving us a chance to do it again. Um, and as everyone knows, like, we're, we're good friends, and, and, you know, I help him out on his special projects, so to speak. Something that's, like, not music, if it's wrestling, if it's games, like, I'll, I'll provide my cons- consulting and, and my advice and um, you know, we're friends, you know, we're, he, he trusts my opinion and I'm appreciative and really, really glad that he trusts my opinion and, you know, will bring me and, and make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm experiencing the same things that he does. And if you guys don't know already, his new album comes out this Friday. So make sure you pick that up as well. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, he told me, Hey, I'm, I'm going to need your, I'm going to need your support. I'm going to need your help here. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to do this. And yeah, you know, it, it is, I'm like, you know, jazz. I'm like, it's it's not a, it's not like a, a scripted segment like the the Usos thing was. So I was like, perfect. We don't have to like look at scripts or anything. We just have to do just this one thing, and that's it, right? So uh, I found out my flight information that morning before we did the A show, and I'm trying to check in while we're recording. It wasn't letting me check in. And Mills, like, when I told you I was going to Orlando, you were kind of like, hmm, what? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was like, mm, what? Because I was like, why are you telling me this now? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you telling me this? Like, you're like, oh, um, it, it just a peek behind the curtain a little bit. Hey, I was like, okay, I'm preparing. This is our first Tuesday. We're recording on the new schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you're like, hey, I don't know about recording tonight. I have to fly to Orlando. And I was like, how oh, Um, Because <laughs> I'm a creature of, you know. Habit. Of course. <laughs> like, why is this? Why are you telling me this now? Why didn't you tell me this yesterday or the day before? I didn't have my, I didn't have my flight info, so I didn't know if I was leaving Wednesday morning and just would just land and go straight there, or, or Tuesday night. And obviously, I went Tuesday night. I'm trying right. to check check in. It wouldn't let me check in. So I get to the airport. LAX is the worst airport ever, by the way. Just, and yes, yes. I, it turns out that. From calling Delta, it's 9.50, by the way. My flight is at 9 to 10.20. They uh, booked my name wrong somehow. The, the the agency that WWE uses to book their, their flights got my name, it got it down as John somehow. And I was like, oh, man, the one time Johnny Five is going to end me is at this moment. Uh, and I get that settled, but I can't check in because it's past the 40 minute mark. And I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out at this point, Mills. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to miss this flight. Uh, I, I can't imagine being in that situation, but also, <laughs> so, all right. So you're about to miss this flight. You're about to miss possibly one of the greatest moments ever in your life at this point. <laughs> How does this all get resolved? How do you end up in Orlando anyway? So I said, I cannot miss this flight. She tries to, she essentially lets me get on this flight but it's past the 40 minutes and technically I missed my flight because there's no way I'm getting through TSA in time. Mm-hmm. So I end up getting to, and I'm just like, no, I'll just get a flight change and I'll just tell them when I get there, I had to get my flight change and they'll, they'll reimburse me, of course. And so um, I was like, you know, just put me on a 1040 
10.40 p.m. flight. I'll get there. I'll have to go through Indianapolis, and I'll get there at 8 a.m. I was supposed to originally get to Orlando at 6 a.m., so I'm missing two hours of sleep because we have to be a full cell at 12. Whew. Yeah. This, so, is called, this is called the business. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I make that flight barely. They lose my hat. I, and I have this really expensive cause bape hat. Of course. I and, mean, why wouldn't you have a very expensive hat? <laughs> That's just, you know, why wouldn't you go there with a purpose to like, they going to they gonna remember this damn hat. But <laughs> you lose the hat. Um, well, they don't. Well, well they, because I'm I'm trying to do TSA, and it's like every there's every single thing against me getting here, and I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna give up. You know, like I'm just I'm gonna get there. Not like your Rick Ross story, where Rick Ross stopped uh, you from going. That's another time. That's another time. That's another. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yo, my hat's missing. It's not in my it's not in my bin because they moved our bins from one side to the other side of TSA, and by hand, meals by freaking hand. In Indianapolis? Well, this is in LAX, though. Oh, Indianapolis right. was chill. I, I ate a pretzel and waited for my flight. Okay. All right. <laughs> LAX, living up to the name. <laughs> living up I, to the I, reputation. The heels, in every sense of the word. <laughs> uh, so I get my hat, get on, the, get on the flight, get to Indianapolis, get to Orlando at 8 a.m. In fact, I got there earlier. Uh, to catch a shuttle to the hotel, I sleep for approximately three hours. Mm-hmm. Wake up at 11.30. I have to go get picked up by the car to go to full sale. And from there, uh, I, I meet up with Wale. Uh, it's, it's me, Wale, security. And we are, uh, we're off to the races, so to speak. We, we get to full sale. And we're, we're immediately, shout out to Neil uh, from WWE. He uh, does their music supervision, I believe. Uh, he's the guy who put all of this together. Great guy. Amazing dude. He's, he's, he's so, so cool. Uh, we meet up with the prophets. Uh, we, we run through things, and man, just being there on that day, on the second of October, was different. Like you could tell that there was nervousness. You could tell that there was also a lot of uh, meticulousness. Like I got to see Triple H at work. You know, mm-hmm. he was working these segments, you know, tirelessly from the moment we got there all the way to the moment the the doors opened. You know, like even just practicing some things that, you know, well, you've seen it already, but like practicing things like Pete Dunn's segment and, you know, uh, making sure while he came out at the, at the right timing and making sure that he got his words right and making sure like, you're going to go this way, you're going to go up this way because the camera's going to be looking at you from here. And it just showed me how much goes into even something like NXT. And obviously on Wednesday, they had something to prove. Right. And uh, we, we get there, you know, while he's super nervous because he's like, you know, I, you know, he's supposed to hype the crowd up. And he's like, you know, I don't want to just say, say we want the smoke for five minutes, you know, because they played a version. I don't know if you noticed this. They played a version of the Street Profits song that didn't have the words in it mm. for him to to talk over it. So they practiced that for a good two and a half hours of just them. What what's the best thing to do? What's the best way to, to get the crowd hype? And I was like, you know what? Like, how about you tweak it this way? How about, you know, we were thinking of putting a, a, a twist on their theme because the crowd knows the theme. And I was like, you know, maybe we should do that. And, you know, he eventually came up with, with what he came up with and ran it by uh, Triple H. He thought it was cool. I thought it was great. I was like, you know, there's no reason to be nervous. I mean, you know, you're a performer. Like, this is, you're going to do great. And they, they called you for a reason. You know, you, you, you brought a sense of, you know, a, a sense of just the fact that, you know, you're, you're bringing a sense of coolness to the show. 
Right. Know, like they, he's never been on NXT. I think he's actually a triple crown guy now. He's been on Raw. He's been on SmackDown. He's been on NXT. <laughs> he's been on all the shows at this point. And 205 Live. Yeah. He did commentary. They commentary there. So it was a great night. I mean, seeing NXT there. And, you know, I was fully removed from the, what was going on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I had no service. <laughs> I was literally just, you know, posting up videos and watching the show. And I got to watch everything but the Shayna, um, the Shayna Candice LeRae thing because we had to get ready to go out at that point. But everything on that show was great. It was one of the best wrestling shows I've seen all year, honestly. It That sounds... Hold on, just very cool. Um, just a very cool life experience in general. It would be just kind of, you know, not affiliated with the WWE per se, but also getting to really live that experience, get to have, you know, get you got Triple H's water. I mean. Yeah, oh, oh the triple, the, the water hit different. And I don't know if it was because uh, <laughs> we're in Orlando and it's hot, but the, the Kirkland hit a little bit. I think Triple H touched the water. Mm. And when I drank it, we, me and Wally just started spitting the water out. Like, well, of course, the water, it's it's automatic thing. Anytime Triple H touches water, you got to spit it out. I right. Mean, we we saw just so many people. Keith Lee was really awesome. Uh, Undisputed Era really were really awesome. Shout out to Cornell and uh, Josiah. I finally got to meet those two in person. Really cool guys. Uh, I got to see the, how they work and, and what they did. Right. Uh, met a lot of people, man. They're, they're so nice and they're, they're hungry there. You know, like I, I know that and we'll, I guess we'll touch on this, but, you know, this was about um, to them. It was about the first salvo in a war. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being back there with the performers, I can't speak too much about, you know, Triple H and what those guys were thinking, what they wanted to do. But like they they just wanted to put on a great show. Right. And I think that's all they cared about that night. Like they just they didn't care about ratings. They didn't care about what anyone else was doing that night. They wanted to put on the best show possible. And they did that night. I, th- I thought they really did accomplish that. And I got to see it, you know, again unfiltered and away from what was going on on Twitter at that point. Right. And I, I thought I really enjoyed myself. It was, it was a great night. So I'll say that from your perspective to my perspective on Wednesday, I'm now the the viewer at home. You were there firsthand. I'm the viewer at home. I get the sort of other perspective of this entire thing. And, you know, it's a big night for professional wrestling. I think it was a lot of anticipation. I think it was actually like, I wouldn't say like WrestleMania level anticipation, but it's the sense of like, this is the beginning of something completely new. And this is the beginning of the Wednesday night wars. I mean, since the, since the beginning of when, you know, it was announced they're going to go to Wednesday nights and then NXT was going to Wednesday nights. And that was kind of like the stage was kind of set from there and everything of the, you know, back and forth. Like you could just feel the the sense of like, wow. Um, I think even from the fans, from a fan perspective, just being there that night and it's eight o'clock. I'm make sure to get home by eight o'clock. Mm. Um, I'm making sure I've, I finally have two screens on my computer. I mean, I've been trying to set that up for years, um, but I finally have two screens. I, I, I get onto my, you know, the USA network stream. Um, I get onto the, is it TBS or TNT? TBS, TNT, what, TNT, TNT. stream. And, I have both of them up side by side and I'm like, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? I'm finally going to watch like 
it live, like side by side. And it was kind of incredible because it was kind of this moment where you got, you know, you see AEW putting on their first show and then you see NXT and you get to see, you know, Cody versus Sammy Guevara. 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 And then also at the same time, you're watching Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle, which was one hell of a friggin' match. Like that match was one of the best of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you had to ask me, I mean, they, they go much in depth on it. If you listen last week's episode of The War Report with Cyrus and MJ, um, they go much more in depth in terms of the shows and what actually go on. And we won't go much in depth after that. But it was just kind of wild seeing it for the first, like being able to, because when Monday Night Wars happened, I was alive, obviously, but I was like seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. In terms of comprehending what it actually meant and what it actually meant for professional wrestling, and even then, quite honest with quite honestly with you, I don't even know if the professional wrestlers really understood what it meant because they were so like we're in the trenches, we're going to war, but I don't think everyone realizes just like the scope of like what this actually means for professional wrestling and how much of a lens is now on it due to so many people watching. Like if you, and like, I didn't, I didn't get the sense being backstage that the NXT roster was like that either. They, they were like, yo, the head of USA network was there. You know, it's like, they got to put on a good show for the, the, the fans to show them what NXT is about. Like I don't, I didn't feel or get the sense that any of them were trying to do anything, but I, I just I just say that to say that like this this war means something different to different people like sure. it, to, to them like it might be it might mean something to that other side but to these people here it it was like and, and this was going to change obviously right but for that night it wasn't about that it, it's like yo we just got on this network and we got to make an impression right that's um, what I felt it was. Between both shows, and, uh, you know, again, you can listen to The War Report, MJ and Cyrus. They talk much more in depth about it. Between both shows, it was a great actual watch. I mean, eventually, I just tuned into the challenge because I, if the Wednesday Night Awards are going on, it's the challenge for me all day long. But um, I'd say both sides put on a, a, a major show. And when you really take a look at that, yo, like really like two and a half million homes were watching professional wrestling like that night, like over two and a half million homes were watching professional wrestling at the same time. That's kind of crazy. Um, but we go from Wednesday and I think honest, I, if, the, if, if I had a judge for my timeline, I would say NXT had the better show because they had a lot more of the high-profile matches. I mean, the matches, you talk about the matches. I don't think they missed the beat with any of the matches. No, like the, for, like I, the opening match to to, to, to um, EO versus Mia Yim. Which, which I was, didn't expect. I didn't yeah. even know that that was you know, going on. And just a funny, a funny point. I posted a picture of, um, I posted a picture of Wale and the Prophets on the, on the turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. And I had to get it approved with WWE social because they were building out matches <laughs> around us. Right. And I couldn't, you couldn't have certain people in it because they didn't want anyone to know what was going to happen on, on that night, what matches you were going to get. So like, I, I knew I was privy of certain things that were going on, but mm-hmm. I could, obviously I, I didn't say anything and I couldn't say anything, but um, it, it was a, it was a cool, like, you know, they were very, again, very, very serious about making right. sure that this was right. It's a, I mean, you get on, on even both sides. I mean, you have that opening match, you have the tag team main event with Chris Jericho. I mean, there's a AEW setting up their kind of thing while NXT is setting up their type of thing. And you see new people come into the fold. I think what probably one of the biggest things that night was Finn Balor is now NXT. The pop um, for that was in. 
insane. It, as I imagine it would be. It's Finn friggin Balor. And mm-hmm. first of all, you, one of the biggest Finn Balor friends that I know, were there live. So you were able to capture in that moment. I cried. Um, and see him um, moving to NXT. Incredible. Um, but yeah, it was a sense of the moment and sense of the night. And as you moved on from Wednesday to Thursday, um, I think the realization, well, the rating, the, num- the number came in. And the number came in of AEW premieres 1.4 million NXT's episode. I think it was around 900,000 or so. And it was such like, I think the rating for AEW exceeded any expectation considering that we, I mean, what we've been talking about is like, listen, they need, they need more talent in the wells. And it, and it, it still remains to see if they'll maintain that number because it is a premiere. It is also something it's heavily hyped, heavily hyped. I, heavily I think, hyped. I think that, to be honest with you, I think, um, a lot of it, uh, the major indication for me was when AEW, like, handsomely won the social sort of uh, aspect. They managed to cover it all. I think they were talking about it from early in the night. But I think it's a lot of intrigue considering it's brand new. And it's still, they're doing this for the first time. And everyone want to kind of have their eyes on it because it's the first time that you're seeing it. Similar to the first time NXT appeared on USA Network. And they did an amazing number. 1.2 million is nothing to really, you know, to... to yeah. To call like, for yeah. for people who were considered this was considered a developmental brand. This was considered the third brand. This doesn't really have the stars that you have on. It doesn't have a Roman Reigns. It doesn't have the Rock is coming on Friday. It doesn't have any of that. It's kind yeah, of. Um, I watched the show Dynamite on Thursday. I mm-hmm. watched it the next day after I tried to get rest. Um, I didn't think it was the better show. I think it was definitely. There's parts to Dynamite and the and that and I've, we've been saying this for months. There's parts to it that are really good. Yeah, there are also parts to it that are like very like what or or you know you're not sure like but of course the in ring is good. I don't think that again. I still think the NXT roster is the oh, NXT yeah. roster is far and away way better than than this show. But I think where they're gonna where they're gonna get it is that they just have a groundswell of of grassroots and lapsed fans that they are speaking to, and that's who t- tunes in or is going to tune in every week. Right. Um, I, I did think that the, the um, Sammy and Cody match was, was solid. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought Pac, Pac and Hangman, which ironically got the low, it, it more people tuned out of that match than anything that night. But I was, I thought that was the best match on the show. It's, it's kind of wild in terms of everything that happened. Um, I thought, AEW put on a very solid show, and I was like, "Oh, this was this wasn't a bad two. I didn't dread anything during the hours. I thought their women's championship match was really good, albeit you know a few different things, but I thought it was really good. Um, and also, I thought the NXT women's championship match really good. I think it two it, women's matches on that on that show. By the I way. agree, and and I think you you know again we're getting probably way too much into it than we should because we have a whole pay per view to talk about. Yeah, but um. I thought it just did wonders. I think both shows did wonders for the talent that they have. And while I think NXT has a much deeper roster, clearly, um, AEW proved, like, hey, we're putting on shows, too, and we're doing the damn thing. So, you know what? Thursday, the big talk of the around the water cooler was that 1.4 million versus that 900,000. 
And it'll be, you know, we'll have to see how things kind of taper out as the weeks continue to go by. I think NXT has started already and we'll see it from AEW over the next couple of weeks. But the Wednesday Night Wars is something that's very exciting for, for professional wrestling. And we're yeah. covering it here on the A-Show feed and RNC Radio and stuff like that. So make sure you guys tune into the War Report pretty much every it's going to be every Thursday from now on. So make sure you tune into the War Report where, you know, Cyrus and MJ are really going to break that down. Yeah. Um, um, moving both, to sh- both shows. One thing, one more thing on that. Both shows uh, less hyped this week, so it'll be real interesting. Even on Tuesday, at, at Tuesday, not as much hype as there was on Wednesday for both these shows. I don't even think NXT got a look <laughs> on Raw this week. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. A lot of people are like, oh, the NXT, they're just they're falling down and giving up. And I was like, I I don't think NXT should be doing super hype stuff unless they have a hype match to do. So I don't get why we need a huge promotional push yeah, for them we can't again. do that every week at some yeah. point it becomes incredibly exhausting um but uh friday friday we moved to friday okay so you at one point do you land back in la <laughs> i got back i got back thursday uh at, at noon okay um and then i i took a took a powder and on friday i was back and forth with going to smackdown were you but, not sure I wasn't sure. I was tired. Like I, I was, I was really tired. Um, but I, I hit up Neil again, and I said, you know, would it be, it would it be too crazy if I could get to SmackDown today? <laughs> and you know, he 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 pulled through for me, and I took uh, I took Cam uh, to SmackDown, uh, the the first SmackDown on Fox, and I really I really enjoyed that that show a lot. I thought that again. I'm not a huge fan of the the bring people back type shows. You already know this. I, I dreaded Raw Homecoming. I didn't like Raw 25 that much. I thought that this managed a really good balance of showing you what WWE was about as far as the spectacle and the matches. Because mm-hmm. that, that ladder match was nothing to shake your nose at. It was a really good match. Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know, again, it gave you the spectacle with the athleticism, with the, you know, the ridiculous. And I, I wasn't even mad at The Rock. I thought The Rock giving Becky the rub was great. Um, how did that go off live on TV? I, I watched it actually again when I got home. So it went off incredibly well live. I mean, just the entire just the entire presentation of it. I mean, they kicked it off with a 30 minute pre-show. So they were getting you hype at 730 before it was eight o'clock when the show actually went on air. 730 was the pre-show it was the red carpet. Everyone's coming down. Everyone's talking. They had um, oh my God, what's your name from Fox Sports? Um I don't even know all the correspondent from Fox Sports, but <laughs> they had a lot of great people talking about the show and it gave it that feel of like, OK, this is very, very important. And once the show actually kicked off and it kicked off with Becky Lynch, which to me kind of set the tone because everyone undisputedly loves Becky Lynch and that opening segment with The Rock and Baron Corbin. And she's the uh, guy. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, she's got she's the most popular person in the business right now. Like it's a, it's crazy how much we've evolved where Becky Lynch is pretty much that person. She's like, in that Roman Cena, yeah. you know, level. And, you know, we'll talk about this in the pay-per-view, but it's like, you know, I, I can't, after the pay-per-view even, I was like, man, I, I really can't see anybody holding that boat right now, but her, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. Um, 
So the new era of SmackDown kicked off. I mean, Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon showed up. I mean, well, first of all, how did the set look live? Because the set looked oh, incredible. Amazing. Uh, we were all guessing what the set would do. You know, we, we didn't know. You thought how, it was going to close up and go open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't know. You know, we didn't know. But it definitely looks amazing. The the, the lasers and all that stuff were, were really cool. There, there was a different. And we've seen it just around. These shows look different now. And I think that lends a lot to how the presentation looks. I, I think Raw and SmackDown have just had a great presentation for the past uh, week, just with their new sets. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're rolling into the second episode of SmackDown on Friday. I can't wait to see what that's going to be like, but just really looked cool. You can the tell Rock, the bag. Yeah. The, the bag Rock, was being spent. The Rock jump. I mean, first of all, it just being on network television, just it, the air just felt different. Mm-hmm. But the Rock kind of like really just popped off the screen and it was. The, the the major set off and and I like what you said as well because they had a lot of the 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 older talent but they really didn't focus on it it wasn't so much of a reunion where we're gonna have a, each segment is going to feature because this is a two hour show I think yeah. they already struggled with a two hour show the pacing was great the pacing was great it. yeah it's they I think. You know, everyone says all these matches are very, very quick. I think they were trying to get as many people on the show as they possibly could, especially with the amount of eyes that they had on this. 3.9 million. You're going to want to fit AJ Styles and Randy Orton in somewhere. You're going to want to fit, you know, uh, the Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon ladder match, even though it is a ladder match. But you're going to want to do that. It it went like 16 minutes. It got like the most time of anything on the show. Yeah. You want to get Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan, and also a lumberjack match to get all the other guys who's featured on the show. Some just just some sort of attention on SmackDown. Um, You know what I liked? I like the first match for the SmackDown on Fox era being the women. Yeah. The tag team, the tag team match. I mean, it's a rematch from MSG, but it's still also um, was something that excited the crowd and having the four horsewomen in the ring. And, you know, Charlotte, a damn good match. Yeah. Charlotte Flair doing her thing. Becky Lynch doing her thing. It ends up being an end to a means that Charlotte Flair makes Bailey tap out in order to receive that title match on Sunday. Um it was good. They had Bray Wyatt on the show. They had very uh, a, a few crossover moments in the Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury thing. Yeah. Um, then of course, it, you know, you know what's crazy about the the, the our, our new schedule is that like we're so far removed from the Kofi thing that it's not like if it had been Tuesday, it would have been a focal point of the show. Oh yeah, it would have been. <laughs> And, and it really would have been, but you get in time to sort of marinate this entire thing. Um, the Braun and Tyson Fury thing, I'm not fully sure, but when we got to the main event, it was Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship match. They've been listen, hyping this up for weeks. Listen, I walked over to thank Neil because I saw him when the match started. I dapped him up and said, thank you. You know, I'll holler at you. I heard the bell ring again. <laughs> By the time I turned around, I saw Cam saying, yo, like, like come back. I turned around. The match was over. Uh, lots of. Uh, here are my feelings on this. Yeah. What are your feelings? My feelings on this. I'll tell you my initial feelings. If we're going on this seven day streak, my initial feelings was, wow, it happened. It also a FaceTime call from you. <laughs> And me turning on the screen, and it's just you laughing. And I was like, I'm turning this off. I'm not going to get it. And Cam laughing in the background as if he knows what the hell is going on. Fuck Cam. Uh, <laughs> we, had, we had been arguing this for, what, two months? That, that this couldn't 
this could or couldn't happen. So, here, yeah, we've been back and forth. I think both of us were back and forth on whether this actually happened because it's like Brock Lesnar, he, the champion on SmackDown. Now, if he's full time, maybe. And it actually seems like he's on a much more frugal basis of a schedule because, I mean, the man, if you want to count over the last month, he's been on Raw, he's been on SmackDown, he's been on pay-per-view, he's been on Raw, he's been on SmackDown, he's been on, you know, he, he's been active. He's been showing up. He was on Raw and SmackDown last week. Yeah. I mean, it, he was on, what was the pay-per-view before? The, was it Clash? He was, it was on Clash. It was Clash. He, I don't know if he was on that, but he was def, he's definitely been active and has had much more of a presence in the WWE. Damn, you don't remember Clash from like three weeks ago? No, he wasn't on that show. <laughs> no, I don't remember anymore. Um, my brain is just, you know, after Hell in a Cell. Um my initial thoughts, okay, my initial thoughts were like, wow, it actually happened. And I think over, I think it began. What, what was it the time? I don't think I was upset at the, at the. Uh, I'm, I was not upset at the nine seconds. I was, I was initially upset. And I'll tell you why. Because I just felt like at this point, anything would have been. Just like, okay, let him get a German in. Let Kofi flip out. I don't know. Whatever. Some sort of offense in. But as you kind of let it settle and you kind of understand, and it it took a little of me kind of rationalizing it for myself. No, don't do that because then they'll call you a shill. No, but it it, it took a little bit of it because, well, you're against it because you're an asshole. But... Against what? <laughs> you was like, oh, Kofi, you lose. Come on. Um, well, no, I, well, here's my what, meals. You already know how I felt about it. People have been shitting on his reign for a month. And then on Friday, it's like, oh, no, he didn't get enough. And it's like they, they essentially gave you what you wanted. Like when I was there, like they, they literally cheered it. I think I would cheer it too, quite honestly. But it was. <laughs> wow. Don't admit that. Because it was it was. It's Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. It's the main yeah, event. It's like it wow. Crazy. It was it was like seeing that and just oh, being, wait, you would cheer. You would have cheered. No, I would have because I would have been like wow. Like in yeah. terms of just like just being general shock. Like wow, that actually happened. Um, I think Kofi Kingston. It would have been a, nice. He had a to great see. rain. Well, yeah. All right. So I don't. Yeah, he did have a great reign. But I think we're saying that mainly because it's like I think we're saying, yo, he had a great reign because no one ever thought he would get the reign. And no one actually thought like it's a, at, at at some point it's like you're giving him the praise. But you're also actually like saying like you had a good reign better than you probably deserved. And I feel like that's the general air of like, you had a good reign, you had a good run, all this other stuff. What, what and, about, what about and, better than we thought you would have gotten a year ago? Yeah. But that's still kind of like, it's, it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we didn't know it's not a self-fulfilling we prophecy. Even, we didn't even believe they would give him the belt. Right. Know? But at the same time, it's like, I think you discount, the effort that he actually put in when you say like you had a better reign than you ever, the air is like, than you ever actually deserved to have. Like Mm -hmm. you were, you were put over for very various months. And I think we, we don't acknowledge the work that he's put in. He's put in 11 years of this stuff. And he's also put in, he's been putting in effort while the matches, I'll, I'll agree. The matches haven't been off the page, off the charts, off the other things like that, but he has been putting in the effort to remain champion and still, 
never losing the fans and never losing anything like that. I think it requires some sort of applause, but I'm kind of more interesting, interested on where we go from here. Will it be a rematch? Will we get him in the championship picture again? Will we get him in the championship picture and only put over other people? I think at this point, you, if you, if you're looking at the Kofi Kingston story and we recounted this, it's like he climbs the mountain and he reaches the top at WrestleMania and he's champion and he's garnering so much confidence and all these other stuff. And listen, and, there's, there's no bigger time to win than at, at, at Mania, by the way. Right. Not right. many people, not many people got that. Right. But you, you're getting all this confidence. You've been your team. You've gone through Daniel Bryan again. You've gone through Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler. You even go through your past with Randy Orton and sort of etch that right, you know, take that wrong and make it right. Um, and then you realize, hey, the mountain is actually bigger than what I thought it would be. I thought I was at the top, but there's actually another mountain behind that. Yeah. And, and I need to climb that one. I and, like I liked his interview after SmackDown where he said he essentially said I wasn't ready. And he said, I thought I was ready and I wasn't. And right. he's got to figure out a way to get back to where he is. And I was like, that's a perfect way to to wrap that up. Because he who the fuck goes to Brock Lesnar and jumps? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. That like was dumb. <laughs> that was your strategy was to jump at him. Like what? I think it was dumb. Granted, it's like I would have rather like do trouble know. in paradise. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't like, know what he's I, thinking. And then people, people that want to, there, people have been saying, well, Finn got this, and AJ got this, and Seth got this, and they're telling different stories. And Seth got bested by Brock before too, and so did they all lost. Mm-hmm. At once, in, in, in one point, to Brock, Seth multiple times to Brock. Seth had to outsmart him. Finn had to use his speed. Kofi just jumped at him. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just shows that Kofi had never faced him on a one-on-one situation like that before. Right. I, I so me looking back at it now, it's like okay, if we're telling the story arc and this character development of Kofi Kingston, this presents another situation for something to him for him to climb in the future, and it's less of a, damn, they really shitted on him, and more so of like, okay, where do we go from here? Like, how do we cre- recreate this moment one more time? And make it, it make sense. Yeah, and then you. uh you see it happen. But quite honestly, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't blame people for being mad. It's really like the racial, the racial stuff has got to stop. I, I don't think it's anything racial, but I really do think it's like the race. Well, you've seen the racial. stuff. No, no, no. Of course I've seen it. Yes, of course. It's always going to be there every time. Um, but I think it's more so like, damn, they couldn't give him more. Like you could have. No, no, no. Not give him more like one more month, but it's like, Kofi Kingston deserved to get a little bit of an offense and the man has worked hard. So I don't blame anyone for feeling that the way they do, because I generally feel like to be honest with you, to be captured in this moment. And and I think a lot of pro wrestling is an art form. And I think it's there to be, uh, I think all arts in terms of interpretation evokes some sort of emotion for it. And it evokes a different emotion in some people than it does other people. But, um, I think I, I don't blame anyone for being bad because it kind of was just like in that moment, you get the rug completely pulled under you. And I'm just like, I love that. Yeah. I still but don't in think retrospect this moment, now, it, this moment's not bigger than the streak, the streak ending. That moment was bigger to me. It, it ended up being lasting much longer 
than anything, at least social-wise, on SmackDown. And this was a SmackDown where they brought back Kane. They brought, I say, brought back. They brought in Kane Velas- Velasquez. Velasquez, and try to sort of set up that program. And you know, the Saudi bag uh, knows no bounds as it's going to be Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Well, we don't know that yet. It hasn't been announced yet. Oh, it hasn't. I thought no, it was. It's, it's supposed Sorry. to be announced on Friday. They oh, have okay. a special. They have a press conference on Friday, so. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. It's been, and it's in Las Vegas, so both men will be there. So I, I, I would guess that Kane will be on SmackDown on Friday. They're saying, "Oh, the only man to beat Brock Lesnar in the UFC." Like it's, it's all this other things. Um, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure how many. I mean, the people over, you know, in Saudi Arabia will love it. I think if it came over to the United States, I think it would not garner the same reaction because people would want Kofi in that position. Yeah, but we'll see how it goes. I mean. I, I like the story that it told from Rey Mysterio through to Kane Velasquez. Um, I like Brock's arc right now. Brock's arc is actually really fun and, and interesting yeah, to me. Yeah. It's, it's more fun than, honestly, and I like Kofi's champion. It's more cool and fun than what Kofi was doing at the time. Take it off him for a minute. He can get it back. And we'll see where, where it goes from there. Right. 100%. Um, Speaking of mad... Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, well, moving Saturday, we get a reprieve and then Sunday we go into Sunday, Sunday afternoon with literally there's still four matches for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, until probably about two hours before the show where they announced four more matches. It was 30 minutes before the show. Oh, was it? OK. Yeah. Uh, well, they announced four more matches. We're getting Randy Orton versus Ali. We got a. Uh, we got the women's tag team titles matches versus the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and um, um, Nikki Cross. Popped. I popped. And listen, nothing, nothing matters. Listen, listen, let's just do it like this. It was a really solid show until the main event. And that's really what we got to talk about here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the, the main the main point of this entire thing. Now, Hell in a Cell 2019. We're, we're on two different sides. Well, oh, OK. Before we do that, Banks and Lynch is the one match you have to watch from this. Yes. Banks and Lynch, in terms of a Hell in a Cell match, they kind of put it all out on the line. And, you know, rumors came in that Sasha Banks is not medically cleared to compete. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, after that match, unfortunately. Um, but they put it all on the line, and Becky Lynch walks out with another win, and she's really having an all-time reign right now. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm glad. I, I'm, I, was, I know I said Sasha, but after seeing the match, I was satisfied with, with Becky's win. I was satisfied. I think... Um, it's interesting. I don't know because I don't actually think there's a story arc with Sasha Banks in terms of like redemption. I think it's kind of just like go to a new show. Yeah, or like the plan. She's never really been figured in plans as much as people want her to, or people would like her to be. And I don't think, you know. I think Bailey has had a moment. I think Becky has had a moment. I think Charlotte has had a moment. I don't think Sasha Banks has fully. It's going to be sound weird, and this is a weird hot take to have. I don't know if Sasha Banks has fully had her full breakthrough moment yet. Uh, certainly, well, certainly not. I mean, I don't think that you know where it's undeniable to a T. You she know, she has what I'm great saying? matches, but I don't really feel like her like promos are really good. I don't. I don't get emotionally invested in her programs like that. Yeah. Like, I get way more invested. You see, way more people invested in like Becky Lynch programs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, 
It's an interesting. I also want to give props that tornado tag team match. My God, mad good. Those Daniel, those two killed. The, they killed each other in that. They match. killed the game with that match. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns defeated Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Tornado. Okay, tag we, we said we we're going to talk about. It. We said we we're going to talk about. We're right. talking about main event. Main event: Seth Rollins, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. We're on completely different fence of this match because I 100% agree with the majority of the people that this is one of the worst matches they've had in the last decade. I didn't agree with that. Um, I thought as a as a showcase match for the Fiend and what he could do, it do, it helped and also hurt him. I feel like he him getting up of eleven stomps weakens Seth's finisher and also makes him way too strong. I think that's whoever booked that is insane. Yeah, I thought the work in between all of that was cool. I thought him actually getting the Fiend to like lay down and sell for a second was cool, but like then he turns around and hits him with the kendo stick and he no sells it. And it was just like, who who, who produced this? I really think weird. the thing is, once we both saw what the end of this match happened, we both agreed instantly that this match never should have happened. <laughs> like, in terms of the arc of the Fiend Bray Wyatt, it's intriguing to have this Universal Championship match because you kind of go in with the unknown. But I think Bray, the Fiend Bray Wyatt is such an anticipated part of shows and such a popular part of shows i mean every time the the msg show i went to people are waiting to see what's going to happen on the firefly funhouse like people are really sitting on and 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 listening to him and invested in this entire thing and you have a moment with him where you have this upwards trajectory but you're not continuing to you're not you're kind of like shoot him straight to the top and to me, it did a disservice to not only Seth Rollins, who came out the match completely booed, but it did a disservice to the Fiend Bray White, who comes out. It's like, OK, so we can't have him lose. So now what? Now we kind of have this match and you you compromise what you should be doing, which is promoting both pushing the character of the Fiend Bray White or continue to push the reins of Seth Rollins Um and you compromise it within the Hell in a Cell where the rules are supposed to be like the entire build of this match is like where people go and they don't come out and et cetera, et cetera. And then you have the match end in the new contest. They need to call um, that off. They need to call, just stop doing the match, honestly. Like, don't do the match for a while after this. I, I think that, like, as an event, as a match, you, you took away from it. Like, it, it's... It was just a bad ending. I thought everything, like the match was up and down for me. Like I thought the work was solid. I, I thought Bray put in as much work as he could. I thought Seth, again, bust his ass to make sure this match got over. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just that like they just made him look really stupid with the finish there. It was just like, we were literally all watching this live. Like, what can he do? And, and you know, it, yeah. So you 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 build to this point. I mean, he kicks out 11 curb stomps. You get chairs to the face, all the other things. Mind you, he kicks out at one. So yeah. it's not like it's it's not like he's kicking out and it's a near fall. He kicks out at one. He pretty much stands up after the fact. And you're kind of incorporating this old school type of deal. And I'm talking about like the old school Undertaker, the old school Ultimate Warrior, all these other things. And taking this very like gimmick of maybe the 80s or early 90s and then, you know, infusing a little bit 2019, a little bit of the blood and the gore and all this other stuff like that and infusing that into it. But you're taking all of that. And and you're combining it into this character that doesn't fit well in 2019. I think the climate of 2019 isn't an unstoppable, powerful gimmick like this. It's 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 this man. He, he can't. 
he can have the I think he can have the whole psychological element to it. But at the same time, it's like you got to you got to prove you got to do your thing in the ring. Like it's you're. Yeah, he's still Bray. He's roughly still Bray. Yeah, you got to do your thing in the ring. Like you got to be able to have these compelling matches, and you can't just have these one-sided affairs. Because what's it going to be the next time he has a match? Is we going to see the same thing? I don't know why Bray's a heel. I mean, to be honest with you, like yeah, there are very few baby faces that would be over enough, Seth included, to face him and not look completely weak or get booed. Because, like, you have to book him a certain way. Like, if it's Baron Corbin and not Seth in a situation, Baron, they're cheering this because they hate Baron. This yeah. just made people hate Seth. Yeah. Like, I don't get why they had to make this match. I also, but even deeper than that, why they had to make Bray a heel. Like, you've just been seeing for weeks they've been cheering for these segments. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why the, the Fiend should be, until they do eventually turn him heel, he should be like a, someone who bothers heels and has like the showcase matches against top heels. Yeah. And that's what it is. I, I just don't get the booking for him, but I love the character. I, I understand it from their aspect of, I think it's a lot more of, and I'm not saying this is why they actually did what they did, but I think as you book him as a heel, you can get people to cheer for him a lot easier if, if you try to push, push this as a face. If you try to push this new gimmick Bray Wyatt as a face, people might automatically reject it. But they, um, they, they, they were obtuse in giving him a giving him a affiliation at first, remember? So if he was to come out, let's say Baron wins... Hell in a Cell, or not? Mm-hmm. He was King of the Ring, and then he comes out. Right. Immediate pop, you know. Right. Like that would just been based off the presentation alone. Yeah. Yeah, just, that would have been immediate. I, I thought that would have been cooler than Seth having to be booked in a match where he could not lose, and they did not want to beat him. And we all felt that for the last month, even when it leaked, I was just like, they don't want to beat Seth. He just won it. Right. I think just this entire to me, if looking at infamous matches. I don't think none of this was like, first of all, the ending knocked off so much of it for me. And it's just like, while it probably, I don't know if it could have been saved because I don't even want to consider this an actual match. To me, it was them trying to really tell this kind of horror story with the, the fiend yeah, and, 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 and Rollins. And it's Seth Rollins fighting for his life while the fiend kind of just gets up and kind of does what he wants. And eventually Rollins manages to put him down. But even the ending is like this over theatrical type of, you know, um, and the referee calls off the match because of excessive things. But then like five seconds later, the fiend just gets right back up and he does. And it's just kind of like, well, what are we, I'm confused in terms of what we're trying to tell. Are we trying to, is this still professional wrestling? Is it still, is it just the entertainment part? Like, is it, you have to have a base somewhat. And I think the base for all things in the WWE should be in the ring and be in the professional wrestling and everything is kind of like built out and and built out from there in terms of the entertainment around it and segments around it and all this other stuff like that. But if you can't even get that part right, you're never going to get the entire thing right. Like you, you can't put this on and expect people to like it just because of what's actually like, because of they fucked up, they fucked up. They did 100%. And they know they fucked up to a point where they weren't even on Raw. They weren't even on Raw. I wouldn't put them Um, on Raw either. They legitimately, they booed. You go to the ending, and I watched this match over again on on Monday before Raw. You go to the end of the show, they're legitimately booing until the cameras 
roll go off. And you even see on um I guess there was some Twitter account where they showed like Rollins was like as he heckled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was I mean, his fault. Yeah, but you know what? I think it was a it was just a sign that says Seth Rollins isn't cool, and I guess he took offense to it. Um, especially, and I think he took offense to it because basically they were booing the shit out of that match, and you know that Seth Rollins hates to be booed in his matches. Um, Happens often. Yeah, so it's kind of like I think intentions were high. I'm pretty sure you know they just called it off. Neither of them were on Raw on Monday. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, well, there, there wasn't any room for it. There was there was a lot of spectacle on Raw that didn't need that. Uh, let's let's run through Raw. Raw. Yeah, let's yeah, run let's, through let's, Raw. Let's run through Raw really quick. Uh, where do you think this Rusev thing's going? Whew, n- nowhere. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's funny. I think it's build. They're they're legitimately trying to build up a very intense program between Lashley and Rusev, and I think. They're trying to add some sympathy towards Rusev and give a lot of the hate to Lashley. And it was easy to hate. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I I think there'll be a lot more emotions invested in this match from the people, just in general. I think everyone's kind of interested. And you want to see Rusev want to get the best of Lashley and you want to see him get the best of Lana and things like that. A lot of this, you know. And it's a, this is a lot of extreme stuff too. Like this is some risque stuff we haven't seen on Raw in quite some time, right? I'm digging it. Like I, I'm, I'm really digging it. I like, I like having Randy Orton and Baron as foils to, to, uh, to him because I do think they're, they're very dislikable and people already hate them. So it's getting Rusev. I mean, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but like it's getting Rusev kind of over. It's getting Rusev over, baby. It's, uh, uh, it's working. There, were, I thought match wise, Raw was really good. There were a lot of really good matches, in, including really. Rusev. I thought it was kind of Natalia and, and Lacey Evans well, was really good. Natalia, I mean, I told you, and and you were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, it ended up being really good." And I didn't even want to watch it, but I was just like, "I was really good." Like, yeah, I, I thought that I, I dug that a lot. Um, that not last man standing match. I, I dug the Viking Raiders and the OC match a lot. Uh, not mm-hmm. Viking Raiders. Was it? No, it was Viking Raiders and Rude and uh, Ziggler. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. OC had a fun match with the uh, with the Lucha House Party that I that I enjoyed. Um, what did you think? What do you think about the new the the Kabuki Warriors now? I guess heels officially. Um, Oscar's use Oscar's using the green mist. Um, it's making sense, Mills. I said that. I was. I was like, "Yo, it might is be it, making sense." Is it? It's, it might. I, it might be it? making sense. Hey, is it? Mills, is Mills, it? It, it really? Bro, it, it will sense. never make sense until we get back my retribution. Well, shout out to Kyrie saying who who pinned Becky Lynch, who was pinned for the first time on TV in like seventeen months. Oh, that's true. That's true. So we could see Kyrie. Uh, we could see Kyrie saying and Becky next week, honestly, which I I'm rock hard for. <laughs> are you <laughs> yeah more hard for that um he Kyrie is actually funny like she's mad funny bro it's, it's getting beat up by a tiny asian woman is if that is your your idea of funny then rock rock hard um but i like it i like the i like the mist um incorporation i think it adds different elements to oscar adds another dangerous element to, to oscar that you don't really even see i like um, proper heel oscar bro yeah She's and you just, know what? I still feel like she's being like 
in this tag team, she still kind of pulled back. She's still kind of like reeled in because she, a lot of her offense also has to go through Kyrie as well. Um, but I like I like the heel Oscar. I like it. Um, the champions, man. That's all I could really ask for. Yeah, I didn't like how Raw went off air. <laughs> uh, I cut it off. I was like, I, I knew where this is headed. Um, Braun will never do anything for me, but I, I respect and I like that he's getting something. Just keep yeah. him with the title. Anything that's away from the title, I'm cool with. I would have loved him to be facing The Fiend, honestly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would have been, been a great thing, a, a great feud for him um, that would have tested his character and it wouldn't have made him look as bad as Seth Rollins does days later after I this. But I, I am, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy that they're getting these types of big angles again mm-hmm. and uh i think tyson fury he's someone who is from that world that can actually stand toe-to-toe with braun and, and be at his height and i can't wait to see what they're going to do with this i because the thing is, is like will braun lose to a boxer will this be the new floyd mayweather big show type thing so we'll see all right um do you want to go through a few hot takes before we get out of here Let's see. I'll start with one that came. um, Oh, here's one. Um, (laughs) This is a name that's pretty interesting. Um, This one comes from Say It Ain't Sophie. Mm. Um, Kofi, Kofi's loss sucks, but so many big name wrestlers have been squashed. Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus, Cena versus Brock, Brock versus Goldberg. Kofi will be all right. Um, Yeah. I think you feel like the general air now. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's what people are, are once they've calmed down and went to sleep and went back to work. Uh, I, I think that's the general consensus is that he'll be fine. Belts come and go. I, I thought that he made the belt really look really good in six months, and he'll get it back. Um, we have first of all, I think. Um, I don't know. I was trying to compare. I was like, oh, can you really compare like Kofi to like those other matches, like the TV versus no. TV versus Brian thing? Like Kofi went in ready and then just like got completely dismantled. I think Daniel Bryan and Sheamus they at least are like, oh, he got caught off guard because he was trying to kiss AJ and like, but just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still uh it's hard because I have to change my outro for the show. Um, <laughs> it says this one is from a while back. It says, I'm going to read this. I haven't fully, you know, thing it, but we'll see how this goes. It said, this one is from Heron Hall. It says, this was inspired by that ringside news tweet on Wednesday. So this was a couple of weeks ago. This is as fun as the 2016 to 2019 SmackDown Live era was. That show didn't have a good WWE world title reign until AJ's second run with the belt. Dean's was average, highlighted by him, plus Ziggler being upstage by the Tron legacy. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor with a broom shoulder. AJ's first run was all right. Cena had it for five minutes. Bray had a hot title defense against Cena and AJ and did nothing, blah, blah, blah. Um, until Randy took it off him. Orton did F all with it. Jinder took it off him. Jinder cut the same promo for six months and AJ took it off him. Do you agree that the SmackDown Live era has not had a good WWE championship reign? And I only picked this one just because now we have... Brock Lesnar in the driver's seat, and do you feel like anything else has become different from that? He didn't write all that part, but I'm just adding that in. Do you feel like the SmackDown Live era has had a good champion 
do you feel like SmackDown in general over the last number of years has had a really good championship I mean, you, just had, you just had Kofi. I mean, you just had Dan Bryan. You just had AJ before that. You had three in a row, <laughs> you know? I think, yeah. I you think. had AJ's year run. You had Bryan's little four-month run, and then you had Kofi's six-month run. I think you had a really good mix of, of face, heel, face, and the faces were booked like faces, and the heels were slimy, and they, and they lost accordingly. I, I can't. I don't think that... Uh, yeah, it was shaky at first, but, you know, AJ's second reign led to some really great stuff. And, you know, I think history will be a lot kinder to genders uh, reign in the future, just not the matches. Let's see. I'm trying to pick which one do I want to end off on now. Let's go with our friend Manny at Silk Durag. Um Your favorite person. The wrestling war in the 90s was completely overrated. The wrestling was trash, and most of the storylines are only remembered so fondly because the fans could switch to the other channel when Raw and Nitro got boring. Plus, the ratings were falsified numbers, but that's a different convo for a different day. Essentially, it says wrestling now is better than wrestling then. Do you feel like the wrestling war in the 90s was overrated? I think the, um, the type of wrestling we were getting is overrated, but I think the energy then was way different than it is now. Um, people are trying to make this a war. I, I don't really feel like, of course, so, social media amplifies it, but like no one's really trying to put somebody out of business. Like AEW can't put WWE out of business. Yeah. You know, they, they only WWE can put WWE out of business and that's going to take a really long time. Yeah. So it, it is different. Like it, I can't say it's overrated. I think it's properly rated. It was a big deal for the moment. People are trying to relive it. It's not really doing that. Cause I mean, like even at, at the ground level of, of what it is right now, you're talking about fighting for the supremacy of 2 million fans tuning in every week. Right. Versus a, five. <laughs> and, and also I think a lot of it, here's why I say the wrestling war in the nineties wasn't overrated because a lot of it was some, this was still completely new concept. Like the Wednesday night wars concept is really based on the Monday night wars concept that everyone's kind of thinking. Right. But you have a sort of completely different situation where 20 years later, the business has changed and people are carrying around business change. You're not going to get someone showing up on NXT the same night that they show up on AEW. You're not going to get one person showing up because they're locked into very long contracts (laughs) that are pretty much unbreakable and they're not going to show up. I think the the wrestling war of the 90s, um, you're going to see that, especially considering there's a whole friggin' show on the network, you're going to see that there's a lot more layers to that than there probably will be for this NXT AEW thing. I think considering you know how last week i think for a while aew and nxt are probably going to do their own separate things um especially as aew gets a lot busier and won't have time to be like we're anti you know establishment and uh, um as they become the establishment yeah yeah, yeah. as they become the establishments once they figure out like yo this is what we need to continue and to sustain a very popular show so i think actually you'll probably end up seeing less of a war down the line um it's just the it's the 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 model just can't sustain a war no you know like it, it just can't like yeah, they 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 would have to money. legitimately t- begin to take shots on their own show, which is dedicating their own prime time to sh- you know, you know, throwing shots at NXT, and NXT would have to do the same thing to AEW, and I just don't think that's going to happen in 2019. Unless someone gets desperate, and I don't yeah. think it's going to be the Stanford 
office. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, I, I can't say it's overrated. I, I think for the moment, that's not a prisoner of the moment thing to say that that was probably one of the biggest moments in wrestling history. That that era, it was. Right. This is going to be remembered for the fact that we have more than one promotion on TV at a time, and I think yeah. that's what we should look at it as. I agree. Um, but that is it. Those are the three hot takes. Make sure to continue to submit hot takes. It'll be in the link in the bio. Um, if you have a lot more thoughts about, I mean, we have the big draft next week. If you have any thoughts on where people are going to go or, or where people have ended up by this time next week, um, because we will be covering once again, the A show Friday night, SmackDown, and then the B show Monday night raw. Um, We'll be covering that and the draft happening on both shows and how exactly that happens in the landscape of those shows. So if you have any hot takes for that, please submit. Um, otherwise, RNC Radio, we're here, we're live, we're in charge. We have so many shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, go to our channel uh, at RNC Radio. Uh, check us out. Follow us on Twitter at RNC Radio Live. We have a huge slate of shows uh, that are on the channel right now. And we also have the Wednesday Night War uh, being properly reported by Cyrus and MJ every Thursday on uh, the War Report, and we also have this this very show, and we also have spot callers. So we're growing, we're growing a lot. We're growing. Um, we're continuing to grow. Next week will be the draft special. It also will be, you know, we're really hinging upon our two year anniversary of the show. So yes, um, and, and I will have information on WWE 2K20. I once again will be traveling. Uh, this week and I'll be traveling to Vegas to play the game on Friday. So uh, I'll have some information on that when we come back. Yeah. So make sure to tune into the show. Um, stay ready, stay alive. And I'm very happy, I guess, to bring this back. But um, happy Rusev Day. <laughs>